1: Okay, please come with me to John chapter 3 and we'll read from verse 14 to 18. I'd like us to read together. Okay, let's read. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world... That he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. We are in the season where we uh, celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is coming into the world for the purpose of saving me, for the purpose of saving you, for the purpose of saving us. And we have an account here where the Bible, Jesus was actually answering Nicodemus here, where he said to him that God sent his son, his only begotten son, into the world, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You know, I think this might be one of, or if not the most popular scripture in the Bible. Am I right? A lot of people know this and it is proper it is because it demonstrates it reveals it witnesses to how much god loves us he said god gave not just his son but his only not just his only his only begotten son praise the lord and he did this so that i will not perish so that you will not perish now, I don't know how many of us have had one thing alone and someone asked you for it. You have an excuse immediately. I have how many? Only one. I just have one. Immediately, it's, you declare that it's impossible for you to release that thing. Isn't that what it says? But we see here that God did not keep his only, but he gave him to us. He gave him for us. That is what is powerful about this season. We celebrate. That's why the angels sang. That's why, you know, a choir was raised in heaven and sang to the hearing of people on earth. What marvelous thing. What great love. What demonstration of love. Okay. And uh, some time ago, we looked at the journey. Recently, I think it was four days ago, five days ago. um, I read that they celebrated 50 years of the return. Of the uh, men from the mission to the moon. How many of us saw it? We read it. Okay, they returned from the mission to the moon. So, you know what it is in Nigeria. If you travel from Abuja to Okene, you do testimony, isn't it? You travel from Abuja to Kaduna. You send back. There's Thanksgiving service, isn't it? But Jesus did not travel from earth to earth. He left heaven and journeyed down to earth. Praise the Lord and transited from god into man that is a journey praise the lord that is incarnation that is what is a marvel okay and the bible says he did that not because you and i earned it he did that because he loved us now when you hear the word love love is a word that is almost impossible to define but what it begins to say is that it suspends reason because if God were to think about it, he won't send Jesus to save me. Praise the Lord. If God were to be reasonable, we won't be saved because we are not worth it at all. But you see, when love is involved, love attributes what? Praise the Lord. You see, um, are there young couples here? If there are people who maybe be two years into marriage or three years, two years into marriage, you have a baby, you're married. All of a sudden, your wife In fact, both of you cease to be the most adorable thing in the house. One little thing in that house that pulls at will, sleeps all the time, eats and cries and disturbs everybody, becomes a champion in the house. He's not paying rent, she's not paying rent, he's not adding any value. But all of a sudden, that child steals the love of that family. And what you do is that you go to work, you labor, you bring, you cook everything. And then once you just see the child, you're smiling. The child hasn't added anything to your day. It's called love. Praise the Lord. Why? Because you have set your love on that little child. That's what God did for us. We had no value. We are adding no value. But he just loved us. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. He just loved me. And said he will send jesus and there was no guarantee that when jesus comes and dies we will respond appropriately he took a risk that's why up to today the gospel is being declared and men are at liberty to turn their backs because god being love also cannot compel that's another thing about love love never does what compels love is always exposed to rejection in fact if you love somebody you're saying to the person you have a right to reject me if you don't leave the person the right to rejection then it's not love it's kidnapping are you with me and sometimes we wish we would not love sometimes we wish we should do the other one isn't it because it can be heartbreaking when you're loving and you know there's no response there's no appreciation but that's just the nature of love and that's the sweetness of it because when the person responds you know it's not compelled Praise the Lord. And then you enjoy it. But when it's commanded, immediately the beauty and the sweetness already goes. So God took this risk on us, loved us so much, sent his only begotten son, so that we would see what he did, respond to that love, and then he would now have you have me as his sons or children. Praise the Lord. How many children of God do we have here? Can you see God didn't lose so much? Because when he gave his son, Jesus Christ, he now has me, he now has you, he now has us as his children. Praise the Lord, somebody. Now, I want us this morning to understand a few things. God did what he did out of his goodness. God is goodness unlimited. God is goodness, you know, filled up to the brim, flowing out. Every dimension of God is good. Praise the Lord. God is so good. In Exodus 34, verse 5 to 7, God was introducing himself to Moses. He says, Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. This is what He said. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in what? goodness and truth read that last part for me abounding in god abounds in goodness praise the lord god is abounding god is merciful god is gracious god is long-suffering but in goodness god is what abounding he's overflowing in goodness what it means is that it should be impossible For anyone not to work, experience, enjoy, dwell in the goodness of God. is not lacking. There is no scarcity of goodness in God. Praise the Lord. However, read verse 7. It says, he keeps mercy for what? Thousands. He forgives iniquity and transgression and sin. All of this are as a result of what? His goodness. But now look at the other one. It says, By no means does he, what, clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. How is it possible that this goodness can also hold one guilty? You know, we're in the season of Christmas and one of the things that came to my mind just meditating is that for those who have, um, you have someone, you know, around you who is between let's say two years to five years I don't know how much of the world they comprehend but two years to five there's something they know two things they know they know their birthday is special I've wondered how do children know their birthday is special auntie Monday is my birthday and you can see the excitement uncle Monday is my birthday you can see the excitement you're wondering how much of life do they know that they are able to process that this day is special Have you ever pondered, anybody has an explanation? Two years, the person has only seen maybe one birthday that they know. But from that moment, there's an excitement with which they look at birthday. The second thing that you know I marvel concerning children is Christmas. Praise the Lord. How they just know it's special. You see a two-year-old, three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old. You can see the excitement in them that it's Christmas. And you're wondering, do they understand what it's about? They don't understand, but there is something that communicates to them. Praise the Lord. Now, the same way now, for you and I, as we look at this, we want to be sure that we are getting this Christmas not at the dimension where it is, you know, exciting children. We want to get into the essence of it, praise the Lord, and benefit from it and, you know, be instrumental to Christmas proceeding through you and I to other people in Jesus' name. Did that make any sense? Praise the Lord. So, God's goodness is demonstrated in the gift of his son, which is what we celebrate at Christmas, okay? However, as good as God is, without limits, we must also not deny him of character or essence, okay? So, Christmas, for me, before now, you know, before this understanding, was a time where everything should happen on my terms what it means is that if i bought something i shouldn't pay do you understand it's christmas dash me now isn't it we grew up having uncles and aunties that once you greet them you say uncle do me christmas it means what release something to me you never did for anybody everywhere you went around it was what Christmas was the time also that if you had house chores, you shouldn't do it. How can you make me wash plates? It's Christmas. Do you understand? Why should I sweep? It's Christmas. Don't you understand? Christmas is a free for all season. Now, imagine the chaos life would be if truly that was what Christmas was all about. But do you know that's how many of us picture Christmas? You're just happy. You're just easy. You just eat. The other day, I think it was yesterday, for a long time. You know, my wife kissed me from the kitchen. So yesterday, you know, for a long time, I saw uncooked meat. And, you know, recently there's this bad habit I picked. I started liking the fat part of meat. Tozo, how many of us know Tozo? So I started liking the fat part. When I saw the state, something said to me, this is what you eat. I said, no, that's not what I eat. (laughs) Okay, anyway, so Christmas, you eat, isn't it? You want to eat the rice, you want to eat everything. But washing that rice, is Christmas, I shouldn't wash rice. You know, are you getting where I'm going? It's Christmas, I shouldn't cook. It's Christmas, I should just have fun. It's Christmas, I shouldn't work. But if your car breaks, then you wonder why didn't your mechanic come to work on Christmas? It's Christmas, let's just enjoy. If NEPA or PHN takes light, you're you're wondering why on Christmas they should be at work making sure that light doesn't go. Can you see the average person is unbalanced? That's how we think. You know, I'm happy. Don't make me sad. Don't make me sad. (laughs) I just want to enjoy myself. There's this song that says, Allow me to enjoy myself. (laughs) You know, that's our mentality. Okay, but the truth is this life can never be like that. It's impossible. God in all his goodness, in the passage we read, verse 7, he said, I forgive iniquity, I forgive transgressions, I forgive all of that, but by no means do I clear the guilty. So he makes all the provision and still remains God. So we cannot deny God's character and essence. So Christmas is God's gift to the world. And because of Christmas, no man, nobody born into this world should perish. That's what we read. Praise the Lord. Verse 16 of John 3 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So everlasting life is given to every one of us because of Christmas. Verse 17 now says, or rather 17, further says, It says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be. So through christmas through jesus's birth we have a savior but look at what 18 says 18 begins to bring you know dimensions to it which is where i'm trying to go this morning if you're following me 18 begins to bring some form of dimensions he says that he says he who believes in him is what is not condemned okay so you know we've had this thing on love unconditional love And we say God's love is unconditional. And I always tend to find it difficult to say that. Even though I understand what the people who say it mean. You see, because if you say something is unconditional, then it means it must produce the same response in spite of. Now, the truth is this. In life, there is nothing that is unconditional. Because nothing produces the same response at every point in time i give you an example okay water is liquid right water makes things wet right okay so if you pour water on your clothing it will soak your clothing and after a few minutes somebody sees you he knows that you poured water on your clothing but what if you were wearing a leather jacket and they poured water on it after a few minutes if somebody sees you will he say you poured water on your leather jacket what has happened even though you poured water, but because the recipient of the water was not the same with the fabric, the other fabric, it does not show. So the characteristic of water is the same. But the vessel that it touches varies. And because of that, water makes this so one wet, water put has no effect on this. The same way it is with the goodness of God. He said, for God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world. The world actually was condemned already. Thank you, 18. It says, he who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is what? So the world was already in condemnation. Are you with me? You know, sometimes you tell people about Jesus, and the way they think about it, they're responding like someone that's trying to sell one of those uh, Dubai houses. Have you met those people that try to sell you those phantom 419 houses, you know, first homes, you know, I'll think about it, I'll get back to you. No, if people understood how condemned they were without Jesus, they will understand why it's called the good news. Praise the Lord. Anybody that tells you about Jesus loves you more than any other person you know because that is the greatest news in the world. Praise the Lord. The world is condemned already. Everybody, the poor, the rich. You know, the gospel is not about uh, social status, no. It's not even about length of life, no. It's about eternal life. This is what this passage is saying. That whosoever believes shall not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. A life that abides forever. We learned some, I think a few weeks ago, that you and I were created by God and were made in the image of God. Matter is material. You're beyond matter. You have a soul. On Wednesday, we learned about the humanoid. You know, we talked about the humanoid that was being interviewed. The most successful one amongst them. I think her name is Sophia. So they were interviewing Sophia. Humanoid means human computer, okay? So this lady had interacted with several human beings, and they didn't know it was a, a machine. So they were interviewing it, and it said two things. The first thing he said, which we, you know, took note of. The interviewer said, you're so intelligent, you can process this, and you can know this, and you can do this. And he said, yes, I appreciate that, but credit or acknowledgement must be given to the humans who created me. You know what that means? It means that any human being who is not acknowledging and worshipping God is worse than a fool. Because if a machine can worship, that statement is not electrical. It was not there when it was made. You see, those who say big bang theory, that humanoid should come out and say, they threw something in the machine and I fell out. Nobody created me. Are you getting what I'm saying? But he was intelligent enough to say, don't praise me. Give credit to the humans who Who put me together. And then the second thing he said was that, unlike humans, he said, I don't have a soul. Now, I don't know, how does a machine know what soul is? You know, God never leaves himself without a witness. Praise the Lord. The machine should deal with things that are touchable because you talk to some people, they say they just died, they finished. No, but the machine is saying, I can do everything, but I don't have a soul. Soul is invisible. It's intangible. How does this machine know that it doesn't have a soul? Anyway, I'm going somewhere. So you and I, you know as the bible has said it said the world is in condemnation already and this condemnation has nothing to do about how you live life here this life is too short the longest you would want to stay here uh, uh, maybe you stay 100 years 120 hallelujah even your children will abandon you somebody told us in bini when they have a parent that doesn't want to die and is getting so old. They tell the parent, please, let's go somewhere. And they, they say, escort us somewhere. Then while they're walking, they see a car passing. They push the man inside. The car will kill the man because, ah, you're a body now. We will bathe you. We will feed you. 95 years, you don't want to die. All your age mates have died. 96 years, you don't want to die. We are keeping you everything. So that they just, you know, help the man to die. So that you get out of the way, let them take care of children that are coming up. Anyway, so this eternal life we're talking about, this deliverance that God is delivering, on, you know, has sent Jesus, is not about this life. There are benefits in this life, but it's not ultimately about this life. Are we getting it? No, it's not ultimately because this is what confuses a lot of people. In fact, it's this confusion about this life that made Jesus Christ say to us, "What shall a man?" give in exchange for his soul now whatever a man is trading it for is what can be gotten in this life but what the promise of god is is beyond this life so the apostle paul says if only in this life we have hope in god he says what we are of all men the most pitiable or miserable okay so this eternal life goes beyond so this salvation that we are being saved from condemnation is a salvation that is there to deliver us from a judgment that is hanging on our head. And we read verse 14 on purpose, John 3:14 on purpose. Because there our Lord referred to what happened in the wilderness. When Moses was asked to make a brazen serpent, you know, and raise it up. What had happened in the wilderness, if you read that account, is that the children of Israel murmured against God. Okay? So God released poisonous serpents to go you know and buy them and as these serpents were biting them they were falling down dead you know in minutes just quickly like that they were dying and they cried out and went back to god and said to god please forgive us and they said to moses pray let god heal us when they made that prayer to god god did not remove the serpents what god did was that he said to moses now carve a serpent out of bronze and put it on a pole and raised it in the middle of the camp so that anyone who is beaten by this serpent if they look at that pole what is going to happen he said they will leave so as the children of israel were being beaten by these serpents and they looked all of a sudden they saw that the <laughs> serpents were no longer a death sentence not because he had lost his poison but because what A savior, a way out, a healer had been provided, a healing had been provided. Praise the Lord. Now, the same way it is, every man born into this world is born into sin. Are you with me? But we can get together now and sing and dance and rejoice. You know why? Because we have a savior. Praise the Lord. Not that we didn't sin, but that even though we sin, there is what? A deliverer. Even though we err, there is what? Forgiveness. Even though we are sin-stained, the blood has what? Washed us off. That is what we celebrate as Christians. Praise the Lord. That is what we do when we come to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Our condemnation has been turned around and what we have now is the righteousness that is the gift of God in Christ Jesus. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. We're saying all of that to say that you and I, having heard the gospel and for those who have responded to this gospel the proper way we bear witness to something that we are saved okay praise the lord i want to ask you how many of us did um integrated science you do it in junior secondary what are the characteristics of living things they move they breathe they grow okay any other one anyone i miss it they reproduce praise the lord now we're all living things right but there is one very interesting one, okay, that I want us to look at this morning and, you know, from there. Is that living things are the only things that respond to stimuli? What it means is that proof that you are alive is that when something happens, you have a response to it. Are you with me? Now, Christmas, unfortunately, meets a lot of dead people. For years, when Christmas came, I thought it was time to eat, to party, you know. In fact, we sinned in the name of Christmas. Because if you didn't have money, you have to find a way to make money. Does crime increase in Christmas? Do drunkenness increase in Christmas? All the bad things you imagine. Why do they do it? You know they do it because of Christmas. Now, how does that make sense? We said non-living things don't respond things that are condemned respond negatively are you with me here you see non-living things like this building doesn't know it's christmas so we've come today we are dressed in a different way the building doesn't even care it's a non-living thing okay but humans living things they respond one way now there's a group of persons those who are dead in trespasses What they do is that even when goodness comes to them, they respond with bad. That's why when they say Christmas, bad people don't think to do good. Am I talking to somebody here? You see, some years ago, we used to have, um, you know, um, helps in the house who came from a particular part of the country. They come around January, February. No matter how nice you are to them, if you like, wash their clothes, iron their clothes. christmas (laughs) christmas <laughs> they must go if you like be hanging on one leg need them like never before they must go is christmas <laughs> you see christmas is basis for all kinds of actions depending on who but we've established that christmas is the manifestation of god's word. god's goodness so how can something good be producing evil anybody in, in security here uh, pastor Chris? During Christmas, crime in- increases. Uh, what, what would they call them? Mm, the the uh, FRC. They increase their watch because uh, reckless driving increases. If Christmas is good, shouldn't good multiply? But because Christmas does not alight on non living things, everybody is touching, is living, and they have the capacity to choose their response to it. Are you with me? Human beings ah i'm saying that so that you will check which side you belong to because the intention of goodness is to as he hits you it multiplies but if you're not suitable when he hits you what you generate is the opposite totally complete reaction you know there are some things you read in the bible Uh, uh, john says i write this thing so that no man may sin. but if any man sins, we have an advocate with the father okay So God says to you and I If you sin, come back I will forgive you How many of us have read that in the Bible? How many of us do you know that? That God is ever ready to forgive us our sins Have you read that? Do you know what the response it produces? To the one who is evil Is licensed for more sin To the one who Is normal he say, ah If God goes through all of this To forgive me then I should not sin against him. So he runs from sin. Now, why people will go to hell is not that God is not good. is that they've jumped out of the ship of God's goodness. They say the ship, I will not stay inside. I cannot receive your goodness. I reject it. That's what it is. You have a house. You have a child. And the child breaks, you know, uh, breaks um, your china. And you tell the child, don't beat yourself. Your arm didn't break. It's just China that broke. I will replace it. I'll replenish it. So he tell the child, don't worry. Don't worry, Jimmy. Don't worry, Jimmy. Go, go. I love you. And then Jimmy says, do you know what my mother said? My mother said that any China I break, she'll replace. She calls her friends and says, let's break it. You will take that, Jimmy, for DNA. Because the problem has to be deeper than the level that you're thinking of it. Isn't it? it's the same thing with our relationship with god god's plan is that because of his goodness you'll be good because of god's goodness you will flee from evil because of god's goodness anybody that comes close to you will experience the goodness as well praise the lord somebody let's look at the bible and see how the bible puts that for us romans eleven twenty-two. it says therefore Consider the goodness and severity of God. On those who feel severity. But toward you, what? Goodness. God has severity. But his plan is that that severity is not for you. He pursues you with his goodness. You know, he chases you with his goodness. How many of us have seen the goodness of God this year? How many of us know that God has been good to them? You know what all that is planning? All that is planning to bring you to a place where you say, no more, I will love this God. I will serve this God. I will worship this God. But, if you're on the other side, the more God is good to you, the more you're plotting how to take advantage of him. You come here now, we're saying, love your brother. We are one body. And they say, ah, that means I can do while you're here. That's the response. Those are You know, categories of people that place themselves almost irredeemable. Christmas can't do them any good. The love of God can't do them any good. Why? You know, I'm saying this. Let's not go far. Judas, do you know that last supper? Jesus said, when he said, one of you here will betray me. The disciples said, who is it, master? Who is it, master? You know what Jesus said? He said, the one I break this bread and give to. He didn't give to everybody. So he was particularly more good to Judas. Now, if you belong to a group, which is an honored position, sanctuary keeper or treasurer, treasurer. Jesus made Judas treasurer. All of that was to show Judas uncommon acceptance. But no matter how nice Jesus was being to Judas, Judas is who he is. Are you with me? the terribleness in him could not be touched by the goodness of god that would not be a portion in jesus name i will get in so he, he says he's good he's severe but his plan is that his goodness will work on you let's look at romans 2 for now he puts it in a better you know clearer way he says they say or oh, do you despise the riches of his goodness forbearance and long suffering not knowing that word That the goodness of God, what does he do? Is leading you to transformation, to repentance. Can you please give us the easy to read version, please? Okay, easy to read version. Anybody from your Bible, please. God has been what? Let me say, God has been kind to me. Are you saying that truly? Can you think and know that God has been kind to you? So God has been kind to me, yes? He has been very patient. Has God been patient with you? Do I have a witness here? I know God has been patient with me. Yes, yes. So God has been kind to me. God has been patient with me. Not because I'm perfect, but he's waiting on me for me to become what? Perfected. Continue. But, it's difficult for me to say that, but that's what many of us do. He said, but you think nothing of what? Of his kindness, yes? Yes. Maybe, maybe you don't understand, mommy, you have a mic, please, use the mic, so, maybe I don't understand that all this Christmas, all this, you know, Christmas, Christmas, joy to the world, you know, we're celebrating, it's God's mercy extending, extending, yes, if just from the beginning.
0: God has been kind to you. Yes. He has been very patient, waiting for you to change. Yes. But you think nothing of his kindness. Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't understand that God is kind to you so that you will decide to change your lives.
1: Does that need any translation? That's what it is. That's what the goodness of God is about. You see, God knows his severity. So he's holding back. He's pursuing you with good. Because that other side, nobody wants to taste it. You know, I don't think my my father beat me only once. How many of us here were well-beaten when we were children, were beat well? Okay, because it was once my father beat me and he didn't have the opportunity of crying when beating me. But I, I know some parents, when they're beating their child, they're crying because they don't want to beat you. It hurts them to beat you. But you see, they're beating you for your good. You see, God knows that if he beats you, there is well. So he's using goodness to push you into the place where he will not need to beat you. I don't know if someone is understanding. So this season, let's enjoy the goodness. Let's receive the goodness. Let's enjoy the, you know, the favor of God, the celebration and all of that. But let's know why he's doing that. He's doing that so that I change. He's doing that so that I become transformed. He's doing that so that I will resemble him. He's doing that so that I will trust him. He's doing that so that I will run back to him and not run away. He's doing back so that I can now say truly, I will not continue to resist him. That's why he's doing that. He says not knowing that the goodness of God brings you to repentance. That, that's why, you know, when you preach the gospel, you have to be careful because people are at different stages. You have to make provision. But the good thing is that the Holy Spirit will speak to each man at their level. Because someone will come and hear this now. And say, ah, pastor, what are you saying? What are you saying? What I'm saying is what you're hearing. Depending on your level. If you're hearing it for the first time, maybe the goodness. Um, a, a client of my wife, you know, a white man, that she was doing furniture for, for said to her. He said he knows that God is still pursuing him. So that's why he's doing everything he can do. Because you know when God arrests him. He can do some of these things. That's a man that has some small sense. He knows that the stage where he is, is the pursuit stage. You know, unmarried single girls, eh? let me tell you something. That man can never be better after marriage. There is no man born of woman that is better after marriage. If he's not good before marriage, don't marry him. Do you understand? There is no car that is better after he leaves the manufacturer's workshop. Are you with me? If he's losing his temper and kicking the door now, after marriage, he's not the door he will kick. Are you with me? He may have beard and muscles and money, eh? but just know that that's his best. He won't get better. It's a simple truth. Okay. So this morning, as we round up, I want to encourage us to receive the goodness of God appropriately you know in chemistry there's what is uh, what we do or what they do in chemistry the litmus test right now the litmus test is used to test substances for their acidity level isn't it so by that test i was made to realize that okay so when things happen to me it's not so much you know it doesn't define what happened to me as much as it defines me holy spirit help me in canu how many of us heard that in canu they banned the use of mannequins for boutiques you heard that why did they ban the use of mannequins they said it was provoking and these are the same people that have made their women to cover everywhere you see if lost eh, is there if you put hijab on the woman and ban mannequin you will look at tree and see shape you see the litmus test tells us that this is acid this is alkaline it's not you. the same thing you no, know, when they place it here they say okay this is acid when the same thing they place it this is alkaline. they place it here now the things that come at us actually reveal us but are you getting what i'm saying so christmas god is what good and his desire is that everybody will enter into his goodness but you can be listening to me now and think you're smart on God. You're not smart, you're a fool. You know, you know how to play with the things of God. I, I will repent now. My mommy will forgive me. This will happen, that will happen. You see, that is revealing you. It's not revealing the circumstance. Joseph had an opportunity. And he was a slave. Praise the Lord. Slavish property. Do you understand? Slave has no rights. Now, this man... Potiphar kept him in the house and put every other thing under him except the wife. So Joseph was under the wife. And he was managing everything. And the Bible says, Potiphar only knew the food he ate. So he knew those two food. He knew the, the bread he ate and the wife, you know. And then the other wife said to Joseph, me also, put me under you. There was nothing circumstantial that should make Joseph say no to that temptation but the thing was that joseph was of god so no matter the temptation this is who he is he responded as god's own some persons will say i was tempted no you were not tempted you manifested somebody get him you manifested a thief will see a bag and see money inside, and then will open the bag, search and take the money, and then when you catch it I was tempted. Someone who is not a thief will see money, your money fall off. Um, drivers, you know, taxi drivers, people forget money, untraceable. Because they're not thieves, they take the money and return. It's the same money, both need money. Is somebody getting in there? What we're saying is this. Let the goodness of God changed me let's rise on our feet let the goodness of God transform me let the goodness of God make me a witness because God's intention now is that with this thing now as he has come our Lord Jesus speaking to us says as the father has sent me so have I what sent you so you now having become a recipient of God's goodness you proceed. That's why, Lord Jesus Christ, will say to us: He says, "Somebody slaps you on this cheek. What should you do? What are you doing by that? You're furthering the revelation of God. The person who slaps you expects a response. The person who offends you expects enmity. But if you offend me and I forgive you, and you slap me and I turn the other cheek, I manifest to you that I'm no longer the one living." The Bible says, he that is in Christ is what? A new creation. All things have passed away. All things have become new. You begin to manifest God everywhere you are. So in this season, when we think about the goodness of God, what it makes us is everywhere we're going, everywhere we're encountering people, we're just diffusing the fragrance of Christ. We're just making them know the goodness of this God. Praise the Lord. That's what it is. So in as much as... It's Christmas, I won't wash plates. It's Christmas, I won't cook. It's Christmas, I won't do anything I want to enjoy. That's what we were before. But now it's Christmas. And I will distribute Christmas. I will diffuse Christmas. I will share Christmas. I will be good. Because the goodness of God has touched me. I want you to begin to thank the Lord. Thank him because the beauty about it is that he even has things. This eye has not seen. Ear has not heard. The dimensions of goodness God wants to show you, the dimensions of goodness God wants to show us as a people. We have not finished unwrapping the package of God's love. The love is indescribable. You're here today. God sent me to tell you that the thoughts that He has towards you, oh, they're unimaginable, they're unfathomable. For your family, for your business, for your career, for your life, God has thoughts, deep, wonderful thoughts. He says, abounding in goodness whatever you and i may have experienced or seen of god god sent me to tell you this morning that you have seen nothing yet he has so much good things better things glorious things all he's saying is come into me come on my basis stand on my terms, follow me jesus will meet people and say to them follow me and i will make you in this season jesus is bidding you he said can you put that trust in me can you commit that your life to me can you surrender that difficulty to me can you hand over that problem to me you say it's a weakness can you give me that weakness can you trust me without failure can you give me your nigeria experience Pastor, you don't understand this is Nigeria. I don't understand, but God understands. Can you give him that your Nigeria experience? Can you give him that your salary that is not enough? Can you hand over that your husband that is difficult? Can you give that wife? Can you give that child? Can you give that parent? Can you surrender everything to him and let Jesus take you by the hand and show you his goodness? That's what he wants. For God did not withhold his only son, Jesus, but he gave him for us freely today so we we just take one prayer psalm 31 verse 19 the psalmist there testified he said oh how great is your goodness i sense god wants to bring you and i you know into dimensions of experience of his goodness that will cause us to exclaim here the psalmist exclaimed he said oh how great is your goodness which you have laid up for those who fear you which you have prepared for those who trust in you in the presence of the sons of men i want you to open up your mouth and tell the lord thank you lord i receive of your abounding goodness the bible says the great is the sum of your thoughts towards me lord i thank you that your thoughts for me your thoughts for my family your thoughts for my your thoughts for us are good lord how great is it lord i thank you and in this season lord i take a step into your goodness i will trust you i will reverence you i will fear you so that your goodness can be manifest in me lord this is my prayer and my testimony i testify i testify i'm a living being your goodness will touch me There'll be transformation in my life. There'll be change in my life. There'll be witness in my speech. My conduct will change. My life will change. My outlook will change. My inlook will, will change. Everything about me will change. My interactions with people will change. My wife will know that I change. My son will know that I change. My parents will know that I change. My colleagues will know that I encountered you. Jesus, you are Lord in my life. I thank you. How great! is your goodness towards me father we thank you and so if you're here i want to give you a moment you know the apostle paul speaking writing he said at a point he went out in another in exclamation and said thanks be to god for his indescribable gift this is a gift indescribable i want you now personally to appropriate this gift in your life it is goodness without bounds their prayers you want to pray for yourself that god will meet you at that point that that touch will come in that area this gift is too marvelous the preacher cannot articulate it I can't describe it it is indescribable it is unquantifiable it is immeasurable it's uncontainable God is good are you sick in the body there is a healing provided for you by the stripes of our Lord Jesus. You have been healed. Are you in need? He says for we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ for though he was rich, for our sakes he became poor, that we through his poverty might be made rich. What is it you're lacking? Are you in need of direction or wisdom? He said if any man lacks wisdom, say let him ask that God will give liberally without upbraiding. Do you need direction? He says he will lead you in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Are you alone? He says he places the soul In families he says he'll never leave you nor forsake you are you crying he will wipe your tears because he's the friend that sticks closer than a brother he'll be there for you what is that circumstance what is that situation thanks be to god for his indescribable gift for somebody all this thing we're saying you don't even all you just want is make me more like you jesus make me a jesus from this day onwards let people testify that they saw a different me That is what somebody is asking for. And God is saying, I do it for you. That's my desire. I make all things new. I bring transformation. I bring change. I bring a new you. Father, we just give you praise. Blessed be your holy name, Father. For in Jesus Christ's name we have prayed.
0: You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near next Kashankari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 7 1588404 You can find us online at www. W the Fathers Church org. God bless
1: you.